my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. How are you? I'm fantastic. Like, it's been a really great week. That's good. Yeah. Rylan, we had to take Rylan to the doctor because he had a bunch of dots all over his legs and he was getting them all over his body. Not dots like, you know, chicken pox, but dots like it looks like he was getting bug bites. Oh, it looks like bug bites. So the nurse from his school called me and goes... I'm just worried that it might be bed bugs. I'm like, well, crap. So I had Rylan sleep downstairs because my cousin is an exterminator. Yeah. So I was like, Adam, I need your help. Come help me. So he came out the next day and looked and looked. He goes, I'm not seeing any bugs, no fleas, nothing. I'm like, yes, then he's allergic to something. So it's like I guess is is that the better of two evils? Um, from yes, I think so. Because yes. if there are bugs in the house, that means your dogs are getting them, your cats are getting them, you, your daughter, your husband. Yes, and he was the only one getting them, which I thought was weird. But now we know. I mean, I guess if he had a friend that came over that had a bug on them from his house, and then you know sat on his bed, then he could have bed bugs. But then it would be through all your house within like a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. So. Yes, I think that's better that he's allergic to something. But here's now and lies the problem. What is he allergic to? So you're into the allergy test? Eventually. He's got a doctor's appointment in September. So I might just wait till then to get it all figured out. He's taking, oh, what is it? The allergy medicine. Claritin. Mm. He's got kids Claritin and, and Benadryl and stuff like that to help keep down the rashes. And, yeah, so, so far, that's what we're doing. But I'm thinking it's one of three things. Either he's allergic to his body wash, laundry detergent, or here's the kicker, his cat. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, cats tend to be really, like, clean animals. And if you're so, so much. I know. But it's not the hair. It's more of the dander that people tend to be allergic to. Oh, Okay. And so I, w- I would assume that if he was allergic to your cat, he would have been having this issue since you got the cat. He has always had issues with getting hives. Even before the cat? See, I don't remember that far ago. I just remember going to the doctor, being concerned about him, going, he's been getting hives for a while now, but I don't remember if we had the cat or not. And she goes, some kids just get hives. Maybe you need a new doctor. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I know, right. I know with my son, he, he got rashes for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I, being me, I like to be, you know, I the whole holistic, let's try not to use chemicals in the house thing. I mean, especially with being pregnant, the smell just drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I got rid of the, I got non-scented, tied laundry pods. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that actually helped a lot with him, and it helped a lot with my husband's skin condition that he has. He doesn't have a big one, but he has a little bit of one. Yeah. And when I switched back to the scented one, both of them started having the issue again. So I went back to the non-scented one, and it cleared right up. Well, I'm hoping it's just the laundry detergent, but... Also, Tyler just went out and bought this big new thing of our normal laundry detergent. Mm. So, I'm still going to use it. The thing you do is you just wash his stuff in the the gentle stuff. I do have gentle stuff. I could do that for his. Well, if I have the, you know, the the Duff Gentle Kids laundry detergent for Uh babies. Oh. I never used it for my son when he was an infant. Oh, okay. So I still have a whole bunch if you want to use some. Well, I have this certain kind that uh, this cleaning place that I buy some stuff from called Norwex. And it's got like zero chemicals in it and stuff like that. So I'll I'll try that. How was your week? My week has been interesting. And I think it kind of leads into our podcast from what you were talking about. Yes, because I did tell you what we were talking about. You did. And I remembered because I wrote notes down. Yay! But my week, my work has sent me to mental illness awareness, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to describe it. Yeah. And basically, we're learning about a lot of the mental disorders that are out there, along with signs of what they're going through and how to help that person out until someone better equipped, like a psychologist, mm-hmm. can get to them to help them. And one of the things that we worked on today was suicide and suicide prevention. And that is the perfect topic. I thought so. For today. So, yeah, it's been, I have a, a way too much information on suicide going through my head right now. Not as a bad thing. I am not suicidal. I have never had suicidal thoughts, but I do have empathy for those who do. Good. I can't say the same. I have struggled with mental things in the past. I never thought of myself as being mentally ill, but I probably have depression, had depression in the past and I never really realized that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of my suicidal thoughts on honestly happened when I was a teenager, a young teenager, not an older teenager. And I can't say that I haven't thought about it since. So I must still be struggling with it. <laughs> yeah, well, you seem to be doing pretty well, but if you ever need to talk Heather, <laughs> please let me know. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and if, if I do, yeah, definitely. But this was um, before I knew you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, every once in a while it pops up. Do you ever, I don't think this is a suicidal thought, but I do this all the time, but it's still, it's not like I want to do it. I just have this thought. Say like you're driving and you're driving along and, and you're seeing a bunch of cars coming the opposite way. Maybe there's a median or something. Have you ever thought, what's going to happen if I just turn? I have never thought that. No? No. Okay. And I don't know how many people have had that thought. There's actually a condition, and both me and Tyler have it. It's also the same thing, like, say you're up on a really tall building or on a bridge or something, and while you're looking over, you get this overwhelming sensation to jump, even though you don't want to. You get the overwhelming sensation that, you know, of jumping. Most people who commit suicide, well, let's say they don't commit it. They attempt suicide. A lot of them say afterwards they didn't actually want to kill themselves or to die. They just wanted the pain to stop or the thoughts to stop or the voices to stop. But I don't see those, what I had, uh, what I have, because it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It, but it is an actual mental thing. But 
I don't know. It, it's weird. I don't know. Again, I'm not a psychologist. Tyler I just... has it too. That's how yeah. I know. It's like, oh my goodness, I thought I was just a big weirdo, but he has it too. And I mean, I've known a few other people who who get that feeling as well. I'm the person when I'm driving, um, I leave big enough gap between me and the next car mm-hmm. oh. that if I need to do some invasive driving and escape, I can. I'm the one that idea. is constantly looking for exits. Uh, I'm constantly kind of how many people are in the room. Okay, who has weapons on them? What's going on? Like all sorts of mentally preparedness. I'm just I'm always watching out for different things and being prepared for different stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because you never know what's going to happen. And with some of the stuff that I've seen, both through my childhood all the way up to now, I like to be prepared. Yeah, um, I like if we go into a crowd. Like if you ever took me to your job, like. Let's say there's a huge party, right? Sure. Yes, I'm a social butterfly, but I'm going to start off with evaluating every single person before I go up to talk to them. Oh, that's an artist <laughs> event. <laughs> Might be a quick evaluation, but I'm doing a quick evaluation before I go up and talk to you. Oh, there's so many different people that come to that work event that it's just, you'd have a heyday yeah. with that. That's so great. It's, it's, it, I don't think you've ever noticed it when like we go out. It's like, have you ever noticed me doing weird stuff when we go to the mall together? No. Not really. Yeah. I don't notice it. <laughs> it's not obvious, then I guess. No, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, so. Because, well, obvi- although it could just be me going, la, 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 I don't care. <laughs> okay, you're going, la, la, la. I'm like, there's an exit, there's an exit. There's an exit. <laughs> yep. Hey, that guy has a gun. Hey, that guy has two knives. Hey, there's another exit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just the la, la, la kind of gal. That's okay. Maybe that's why we get along so well. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> At least I know I'm safe with you. I'm, I'm glad you feel safe with me. I do. <laughs> Oh, all right. We can get into our subject now that we have done a whole bunch of crap for about 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, probably less because I'm cutting some of that out. So whatever you guys hear. Just know some of it probably didn't need to go on air. It, no, it didn't. That's okay. I I do edit heavily sometimes. Sorry. No, it's not your fault. Um, I edited heavily on the last episode. I can't remember why, but we talked about something very inappropriate, and I'm like, I'm not going to add that. (laughs) My kids listen to this sometimes. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. I think I know what you're talking about. I think I remember talking about that. And I'm pretty sure my grandma listens to this sometimes. Oh, my. I'm sorry, Grandma. (laughs) I I cut things out. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Okay. I'm not sure if my parents listen to it anymore. If they do, I'm surprised. Okay, well, our subject today, we are going to be talking about railroads, railroader stories, maybe some haunted railroad tracks, just different railroad-related things. And how some people can have PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder dealing with railroads. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that plays a major, major role. 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 <laughs> I couldn't speak. Almost everyone knows of this one. And if you don't know of this specific one, you know of a track that is similar to this because it's a very big trope of the kind of story. This one is in San Antonio, Texas. There's a set of haunted railroad tracks. So we're, we're in San Antonio. If you live there, you'll know where it is. It's at the intersection of Villamaine and Shane. So if you live there, I'm sure you already know about the haunted tracks, but if you don't, that's where it is, if you want to go give it a go. There's a couple of different stories about these tracks, so I'll start off with the one that I don't put a lot of stock into, 
Okay. But, you know. All right, this takes place during the 30s, 40s, depending on who's telling it. We'll give you a different time. A bus carrying a bunch of students home from school was heading towards that intersection at Villamain and Shane. When it came to the railroad tracks, the bus stalled out on the tracks. And then the bus driver noticed a train barreling down the tracks at them, coming so fast. And the driver rushed to get the kids off the bus, but there wasn't enough time. The train crashed into the bus, killing 10 of the students and the bus driver. I don't put a lot of stock into that one. The next the next version of this story, I think, is, first of all, a much better story and it's more detailed. But it begins in the same way, either the late 30s, early 40s, whenever that was. It was on an especially dark evening, a nun driving a school bus filled with children home after a field trip. They were heading down Shane Road, but on approaching the railroad crossing, the bus suddenly stalled out on the tracks. Most of the students were sleeping, so she was very quietly trying to attempt to start the engine back up, let the kids sleep. It was a long day. It was then that the train emerged almost out of nowhere. She didn't notice it because the headlamp on the front of the train was burnt out. It offered absolutely no warning. It was too late to evacuate the kids because the train was moving so fast. The nun desperately tried to turn the key, trying to get the bus to start. Unfortunately, the train smashed through the bus, cutting it in half. The nun was thrown through the windshield, but she miraculously miraculously survived. Although the children were all killed instantly. That story gives me chills. See, I love ghost stories, Mm -hmm. and I love talking about ghosts. Mm -hmm. I hate kid ghosts. You might like these kid ghosts. Well, my problem with kid ghosts is, one, in my opinion, to be left on this earth, you have to be, like, have to have died in a violent, unexpected way, and you're unable to pass because you're unaware of what happened. Mm -hmm. And so that tells me that these poor kids had died in an unexpected, violent way, and now they're stuck here. And one, they died as kids. No one should ever die as a kid. No, you shouldn't, unfortunately, but it does happen. So I always get touchy-feely when it comes to kids, because... That's horrible. But it gets, you know, it's a little more heartfelt. This one is, kind of, sort of. A few weeks later, the nun, who was still alive, was so guilt-ridden and heartbroken that she returned to the site of the accident and sat there waiting for the next train to come along. She was going to commit suicide, because she was that sad over it all. Later, when a train did come into sight, speeding towards her, in the same way that, you know, the other night, just as the train was about to hit her, her car began to move forward, as if it was being pushed from behind. The nun's car was rolled safely, just as the train rolled by. In disbelief, the nun got out of her car, began looking around, expecting to find a good Samaritan. She didn't see a single soul there. Absolutely no one was around. She looked at the back of her car and noticed children-sized handprints on the back of her truck. It was then she realized that the ghosts of her students had saved her life. She was blessed with a newfound purpose in life, and she opened up a school for orphans. And she taught there until the day she died. 
it's cool. Yeah, so it's like, sad about the kids, but that's still cool. It's still kind of hard. I mean, they still, like, they cared about her enough. Like, you don't need to die in the same way we did. It was just, it was sweet. As of this day, if you go and park your car on or near the tracks, I would not suggest parking your car on the tracks, but hooligans are hooligans. If you park your car on the tracks, it is said that ghostly children will push the vehicle to safely so that no one meets the same gruesome fate they did. Well, that was nice of them. Very. There are actually first-hand accounts of this. A lot of people, because this is such a famous story, people will uh, put baby powder along the back of their cars and wait. And, okay, so the car does end up getting pushed out of the way. They'll go back and they'll actually have evidence of hands on the back of their car. That's cute. Little handprints. Yeah. sweet of them. So apparently that has happened. Yeah, there are actual people who have that. Or have the, like, pictures of the handprints and everything. I mean, that's really cool, but I still wouldn't want to test the theory. Oh, no. Super dangerous. Don't do that. But I'm a little biased. I have a husband who works for the railroad, and I kind of know about the railroad people. So. I know. But, so you got to think about those people that, you know, do end up committing suicide by train. Or even accidental death by train. Right? Yes, they're affected because they're no longer with us. And their families are affected because they're affected because they had to deal with a traumatic death. Mm-hmm. But what about the railroaders, the guys that are actually on the train that are driving? Mm-hmm. Talk about PTSD and guilt. No one ever, ever thinks about the fact that someone's driving the someone's train. Dri- someone's on that train. Yeah. No one thinks about that. They're someone just... saw that and someone felt the impact. Mm-hmm. No one ever thinks about that. There are ghosts as well seen in San Antonio. So if you ever go around there, you might see a little ghost of a kid. There's an account that they were driving down the road, stopped, and someone saw a little girl with with a little teddy bear doll, and she stopped, and because it was really late at night, and the girl looked about seven years old, yeah. stopped and goes, oh, honey, where's your mom at? And the little girl was like, oh, she's at home. Or something, and she goes, "Oh, well, get in! I'll I'll give you a ride." She got her in, got her buckled up, and everything, and started driving away from the tracks. Tried to get the kid to talk, and never did. And she's driving along, and she looks back in the rearview mirror. Girl's gone. That would creep me out. And the seatbelt was still buckled. Yeah, <laughs> like that is creepy. That would creep me out more than anything I don't else. Like that, anything else that I've ever experienced or ever seen, or even like willing to go see or go experience, that would creep me out probably the most. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> now, unfortunately, though, people have looked into this accident. Nothing ever actually happened there. There was no bus accident involved there. There was a accident. But happened in 1938 in Salt Lake City, which is a long ways away from San Antonio. But some people think maybe they were getting just the place mixed up and putting in San Antonio. But then that also is like, well, why are things happening there? I don't, I don't know. Could it be that maybe it was like it wasn't a bus and maybe it was a, you know, a car? Not necessarily, oh, I mean, I guess it could be a car, depending on how many kids. A station wagon. It could be a station wagon. I was thinking more like, let's go back a little bit farther and do horse and buggy. Oh, okay. 
maybe the horse got off, like got disconnected from the buggy somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, now the buggy full of kids got hit by the train. Oh, I mean, but that yeah. wouldn't be documented because it was so long ago. Yeah, That's that true. would give you an an account of why there's so many kid ghosts there. That is true. So that was San Antonio. I know. But that, that one is, like, the biggest story. Like, that's the one everyone knows. I've heard that story on so many different podcasts that I've listened to that that's just a big one that people talk about. The next one we are going to talk about is in Hartford, Vermont. During winter night in the late 1800s, a fire happened on a railroad trestle in Hartford, Vermont. The Montreal Express was a passenger train. And it was carrying 78 people that derailed and burned, started the fire. Unfortunately, 36 people were crushed, drowned, or burned alive. Ow. Yeah. Like, that's like the trifecta right there. That sucks. Imagine being that one person who had all three. You'd be dead pretty quick. Like, like you got crushed. Sorry. You got caught on fire, fell, and hit the water. Something crushed you on the way down, and then you drowned. That's just a bad day. It really is. To this date, this is or was Vermont's worst railroad disaster ever. The old wooden bridge was eventually replaced with a steel structure on the original concrete footings. So there's a little a little thing there that was still there with the wooden one. The bridge goes over White River and Route 14 in West Hartford. So if you live around the area, there you go. That's where it's at. There are several different ghosts said to be around there haunting the place. Uh, It's said that people in Hartford often avoid that particular section of the road really late at night because you can hear Quite a lot of things. You will hear people yelling and screaming, calling out for help. Like, it sounds like a a bad accident happened when, you know, it happened in the 1800s. Maybe the ghosts are stuck on a time loop. That's what kind of what it sounds like. It sounds like some of them are stuck on a loop, but some of them aren't. Because there's another one where it's a small boy. Well, I guess this one would still be a time loop. But it's a small boy who kind of materializes just above the river, like he's standing on ice. Uh, There's some other ghosts that people have seen. A railroad worker. Some people can still smell the scent of burning wood. Which, honestly, I think that's not that weird of a thing to smell up in the woods of Vermont. People probably start fires and... Or having a cookout or something. Yeah. I don't think that's weird, but I don't know. I guess if you know the tale and you're around that area, that would be kind of a creepy thing to smell. Especially if you know that nobody in that general area is having fire at that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know that one was short. That's the one in Vermont. It still sounds like a ghost on a time loop. Yeah, I think so. I think that one's on a time loop. It's funny that there are different kind of categories of ghosts. There are ones that are time loops. There are ones that are actually notice you and then there are some that are like not aware that they're dead yeah and it's just like that whole different types of ghosts just kind of interests me it's like which kind of ghost would i be i guess maybe it depends on how i die probably so speaking of um, ghosts it's kind of off topic but i think it's kind of funny okay so i was having a conversation with my coworker. we both work at the hospital 
We do completely different things, but we were just having a, a casual conversation, and somehow ghosts came up. Yes, as they should. And <laughs> she works that late, like that, well, she used to work 9 p.m. to like 4 a.m. the third shift thing. And now she works that 3 a.m. to oh. about 1 p.m. type. Okay. And I work day shifts, so, you know, I see every once in a while. And so we were talking, and she's kind of stuck in one general area, and I go throughout the entire hospital. And she goes, have you ever experienced ghosts in the hospital? I'm like, yes, but not in the areas you would think. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I've never had an, an experience with a ghost in the morgue. No, I don't think you would. It's where all the dead bodies are. Yeah, but that's not where they died. No. But if they're attached to their body or attached to their stuff. I don't think they still, are. Still, I've never had a creepy feeling in the morgue. I don't think anyone would. I've had creepy feelings throughout the other hospital. But it was really weird because she was talking to me and she goes, yeah, just this morning I was sitting here and some guy made some noise and I looked up over the ledge up in the second story and he looked confused and I asked him, sir, can I help you? And he just disappeared. Ah. She freaked out. Ah. <laughs> I've got more, but we'll talk about that on a different day. I'm about to go to the hospital and just stop people going, have you seen a ghost? <laughs> no, because then security will get called on you. That'll be fine. <laughs> if anyone wants to guess what Taryn does for a living, please email me at heather at fortwardpodcast.com. You've had several hints, so I want to know if anyone actually knows what she does. <laughs> Don't blast it on social media. Just email me. And I'll let you know if you're right. <laughs> let me know, guys. I'll confirm or deny it. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, man. All right. This next story that we're going to talk about is right here in good old Indiana. We're going to talk about Avon, Indiana. Now, Avon is... Is that the makeup line? It is a makeup line. Yes! You're right. <laughs> I am not a girly girl. I do not wear makeup, and I knew that. Oh, I'm excited. That's great. Avon, Indiana is west of Indianapolis. It's like a suburb of Indy. You know how New Haven is a suburb of Fort Wayne, basically? Yes. That's what Avon is to Indy. That's because New Haven was, Fort Wayne was created, and then New Haven happened, and then Fort Wayne grew, and it kind of grew around New Haven. Yep. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, that happened with, there's a couple other, like uh, Leo, and what is it, Huntington? Hunter Town. Hunter Town. Hunter, I don't. I get Huntington. Two, I get too far confused. away. I get them confused. Hunter Town. Okay. Okay. Remember this. Hunting, Huntington has a hospital. Okay. Hunter Town does not. Okay, I'm not gonna remember that. No. But okay. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, so Hunter Town is kind of the same as that, and then Grable. They yeah. all just kind of are. They've been engulfed. Yeah, they've been engulfed by Fort Wayne. Really. And we're gonna engulf more. I'm sure. We're growing. That's why I'm moving. Where are you moving? I don't know. I haven't picked a house yet. Don't move. I will in about you two years. No, you're staying right here. <laughs> no. You can't move. You'll have to come over. It's, it's not going to be fair. Yes. You just can't move. I will one of these days. All right. But if you buy a house, you got to find one that has the run right next door also for sale. Okay. Okay. What if we build? You're going to have to save the land next year's for me. Okay. Okay. You're going to have to put something there there to deter people from buying it. Haunted car. Perfect. No, people are going to want to buy that. No. <laughs> okay. Back to Avon. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Avon. Avon, Indiana. There is a bridge. 
You have to pee? Go pee. I'll pause this. I'm sorry. It's cool. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Avon, Indiana. There's a bridge that's haunted. Got it. Bridge that's haunted. All right. The railroad bridge, because it's a railroad bridge, not just any regular bridge, but the railroad bridge was built across White Lick Creek in the 1850s by immigrant Irish workers. I'm part Irish. I'm guessing you are too. Yes. <laughs> Just by the way you look. How could you tell? <laughs> Cement was mixed in large, narrow vats and hardened into the form of a pylon. So it looked like wood pylons, but they were cement. One afternoon, while working on the bridge, a platform collapsed and a worker fell into the cement vat. Did they leave him there? He slowly sank down into the vat. His fellow workers could not reach him in time, and they had no way to save him. They could hear him knocking from the inside of the vat. The company decided to continue building rather than tear down the pylon to extract his body. So they left his body in there. That's not the first time that's ever happened. Are you serious? Yes. So, not the Grand Canyon, the um, Hoover Dam. Yeah. Has happened. That, that happened, too. That people Ugh. have fallen in while they're cementing. Ah. And they did the same thing where they couldn't get them out. That's terrible. I don't know how many bodies are actually there, but it is. There's something that I know that a lot older people have done. Over in Europe and places like that, when they decided to build castles and stuff like that, they thought implementing human bodies would make the structure stronger. Yeah, until the body starts to decay. There are still some castles that, if they were ever to be torn down, will have human skeletons within them. Yep. I can believe it. Yeah, the, the Hoover Dam. If I remember Gross. correctly, also has that same thing. I wonder how haunted the Hoover Dam is. We'll have to do an episode on that. Mm, we'll have to. We'll, I'll do some research. We'll find out. We'll do haunted dams. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's funny. I crack myself up. So while the men finished the work on the bridge, and for years afterwards, many claimed to hear the knocks and screams from inside the pylon. Decades later, when the bridge was torn down, there were a number of sightings of a man wandering along the tracks trying to flag down trains. The haunted bridge is on the official seal to Avon. So you keep saying Avon, I keep speaking of the name. I've been making fine, I know. The, that one city next to Indy. <laughs> so they required a bridge spanning Country Road um, 625 and White Lick Crick. Creek. Crick, wow. I did not say that. Whoa. So the bridge was built in 1906 to 1907 and double tracked in 1908. It's about 300 feet long and 70 feet high. It's quite the structure. It's, it's very pretty, actually. It's got, it's really, it looks really nice if you see pictures of it. I'll have to show you. Or you can look it up. You like to look things up while I'm talking. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Guys, I want to apologize. I yawn a lot during the podcast, and I am sorry. You've been working hard. I, I have understand. been. Well, no, it's not just that. It's I don't know. Besides being exhausted all the time, I don't mean to yawn during your podcast. 
our podcast. It's fine. You think you're not I'm boring. You're it's not. Forever. No, you're not boring. I find it really <laughs> fascinating. I just can't stop yawning. You don't have to apologize. Just because I mentioned it to you once, now you're going to really think about it. I do. Like, I start to yawn. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, oh darn. It's like when I, do, when I edit the podcast and I hear myself say, so, like a thousand times. I have to cut so many of them out because I don't want people to know how much I say so. <laughs> I try to cut out your yawns. It's hard, though. That's because I think that was the most inconvenient times. It's fine. So the stories have been going down for generations, and there are actually very many different stories. There was that first one that I told where the guy fell into the cement and, you know, was just implemented into the bridge. There's another one where there was a, he was an alcoholic. His name was Henry Johnson. He was a construction worker, but decided while he was drinking, slipped one night during the building and fell into some wet cement, dying there overnight because he's stupid and was there by himself and the following morning he was found face frozen in the cement that killed him there's another one that it was either an irish or black construction worker who fell to his death during the making of the bridge landed inside the framework of one of the bridge supports and then the railroad decided that since the laborer was already dead they'd just enter his body into the bridge because why not And they sealed it up with cement. And some people even say that the poor man's arm hung out of the... Like, they they cemented it, but his arm was still hanging out. So they had to cut off his arm. Ew. Okay, if you're going to do... And I hate to say this, because it's kind of gross. If you're going to do it, like, okay, put his arm in and then cement it in. I know, right? No one wanted to touch the dead. But someone, I mean, had to touch it to, like, saw it off. Yeah, and then they got to deal with the blood and the goo and the and bone dust that could not be good for you. It's like it would have been easier just to go whoop, throw his arm in there. That's true. I don't know why they wouldn't have thought of that. (laughs) I don't know. You would think they would think about that, but you know, this is just a story. Uh, There's another one that it was actually, they were using a saw. And, and it was one of those really long saws where you had to have one person on either side sawing. Mm-hmm. And it, the the one guy tripped and fell into it, hit his head and died. And, and then the cement got poured in. Like, as they were pouring in the cement, he was in there and they didn't know he was in there because it happened all so fast. So they couldn't do anything about it. So, But why would they be sawing and pouring cement at the same time? I don't know. It's just a story. It just sounds counterproductive. Well, you know, they didn't have very much workspace. I don't know. They're outside. They're making a bridge. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This is just the story. Where's my evidence, Heather? I've got zero pieces of evidence. But some say that the saw was actually still sticking out of the cement. And the guy was basically on the other side of that saw. It's not there anymore, as people have said, that I've seen. I'm just saying, it's like, okay, they're sawing something for a reason. And now you start pouring cement. Okay, now, one, you're probably going to kill people that are already in there. And two, how do you know he's dead? He might have been unconscious. And three, you just cemented your saw in there. And you could probably use your saw for something else. Well, they got to get a new saw now. <sighs> Waste of money. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's yet another story of maybe possibly something. It was a young woman and her baby. The story goes that she was walking to the doctor's house late one night because her baby was sick. 
when she accidentally got her foot caught among the railroad ties on the bridge. Then, of course, because this is how everything happens, a train started coming towards her. She was trying to get her, her feet out. She was finally, she got herself free, but fell off the bridge with her baby in her arms. Now, she survived with a few broken bones, but her baby died. Did she land on her baby? I don't know. Maybe. Because if it was me, I'd make sure my baby's on my chest and I would go backwards and protect my baby. I don't know. Her baby died, though. But she was so grief-stricken that the next year on that day, she laid down on the train tracks and killed herself with an oncoming train. Those might be the ghosts there. Possibly. Could be. But there are some people hear a baby crying. If you're going underneath the bridge, because there's a little walkway, you can go underneath the bridge. Some people will hear whispering under the bridge. And if you really listen while you're under there, sometimes you'll hear like a tap tap on the walls from inside the bridge. Just real creepy. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. The train tracks are still in use. They belong to CSX Railroad. And you can go there and visit it if you really want to. You can make a trip down to Indy and go visit a haunted bridge. Okay. Okay. We still need to go look for Bigfoot while we're there. So this weekend? Sweet. Let's do it. We're going to go look for Bigfoot and go to the haunted bridge. Okay. Road trip. Yay. Yay. Oh, then we can go to Hooters. I love Hooters. <laughs> I know the Hooter girls might get mad. That'll be fun. <laughs> They'll just be a little jealous. It's fine. <laughs> oh, hmm. Another fried pickle to the best. My Tyler's first date was at Hooters. I have never been to Hooters. Oh, it's so good. Funny story about Hooters. Oh. So. What do you have a funny story if you've never been there? The manager. Okay. So there's obviously Hooters in Nevada. And there was one in Reno at the time, and I don't remember where it was located. But I remember going, It was a, I was a teenager, and I went to a party with my brother. And there was this really cute guy there, and we were flirting. And he would not stop staring at my breasts. Of course. Makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> okay, dude, my eyes are up here, you know, I'm still a person. Yeah. You can look, but talk to me. Don't make it obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing led to another, and he said that if I ever wanted a job at Hooters, I was hired. Oh. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm the ma- I'm the day shift manager. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good, thanks. No. Creepy. That's very creepy. I don't like so that. So I had never actually been to that Hooters, and then I was going to go to Hooters here, but then they closed down, so I've never been to Hooters. You know where we should go? Hooters? No, other than Hooters. I've never been, but I think it's out west. But that's so, I've never been there. But it's... Bike hooters, but instead of women, it's men. Yes! Let's go! Called tallywhackers. I've heard of that. <laughs> I want to go somewhere out. <laughs> so great. Oh. Okay. So, do you have any more ghost stories for us about um, the trains before we continue? I don't have any like haunted train tracks. I have stories. From railroad workers. Before we get to the stories, do you have any personal experiences with railroads? Yeah. I have not actually had any personal stories with railroads because 
I don't really go to railroads. I've crossed them, but I've never had any personal experiences. Have you? I have not. My dad has. Oh, tell me. Tell me. That's right. And we've had this conversation before. Yes. And I don't remember what the railroad was. I know that it was in California. I know that my dad was approximately 17 years old when this happened. So 40-ish years ago now. And my dad was, uh, that was the time when, you know, you didn't wear seatbelts. It just didn't happen. Yeah, why? You just, you don't wear seatbelts. Yeah. And my dad was driving what I remember from this story was a red pickup truck. And his, I don't know if he was intoxicated or not. I don't remember that part of the story from what my dad told me. Either way, his truck stalled on the tracks. And he was in the driver's seat. And the vehicle got hit by a by a train. And he got, from the pressure, got thrown out through the windshield. And if it wasn't for... Like, I think he was in the middle of trying to call his sister or, you know, said, hey, I'll be home by a certain time. And his sister's like, no, it was. He, like, you can't be in the middle of calling her sister. They what happened? He, he left his friend's house okay. and said, hey, sis, I'm on my way home. Okay. And when he wasn't home at a certain time, she started backtracking to find out where he was. And that's when she found him on the ground. Oh, no. He barely had a pulse. His back was broken and his face was disformed. And he wasn't able to breathe and hold it, like, because his face was crushed. And so the only pictures that my grandparents had at the time of my dad were baby photos. And my dad went through, I think, seven or eight reconstruction surgeries for his face. And has had a total of, I think, seven back surgeries for his back. Wow. And I remember the last back surgery that he had, he was told that he'd never walk again. Mind you, I was seven when this conversation happened. And I remember being in the room, sitting next to my dad, listening to the doctor tell us all this. My dad basically said, BS, that ain't happening. And he walks his day. Obviously, the majority, I've seen him. Yeah, the majority <laughs> of the time, he doesn't even use a cane. That's awesome. So he still has a lot of back pain, um, a lot of medical issues from everything. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because if you go swimming with my dad, he can actually blow bubbles out of his eyeball because there's still a tube ah, in his face. That that's kind of creepy. Yeah. As a kid, I thought that was really cool. And I tried to do it. And, like, my dad's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to get air bubbles to come out of my eye like he did. And, <laughs> Not yeah. going to happen. So. That's. Wow. That is an amazing story. Yeah. And I don't have all the details, obviously. That happened when my dad was a teenager. And he doesn't even remember all of it because major trauma. Well, yeah. What happened? Who's going to remember that? Yeah. He just remembers that, you know, his sister was the one who so found he him. So d- he doesn't remember getting hit? I, I'd have to talk to him more in detail about it, but he's never actually talked about the impact. It was just one of those things that came up in conversation one day, like, hey, Daddy, why is your back so bad? Okay. And I couldn't imagine he would remember that. I wouldn't even want to remember that. Yeah. And part of his back problems, obviously, part of it was the train accident, and then the other part of it was his job, and he didn't lift with his legs, he lifted with his back. Mm, yeah. And one thing led to another, and he's had over seven back surgeries. Wow. And then another thing is, like, you know how you're supposed to look like your parents? Yeah. Well, my brother and I don't look like my dad. Wow. No, you look like your mom. Yeah. But he probably could look like your dad, we just don't know. Well, he, my brother looks <laughs> a lot like my uncle. Okay. And from kid photos, my dad and my uncle looked a lot alike. Okay. All right. 
And so I can assume that my dad probably looked like my brother mm-hmm. from if he would have had to have the reconstruction surgery. Okay. He's in his he's in his 60s and yeah. he, he walks, he runs a non-organ nonprofit organization for service dogs and does the majority of the training and he helps my mom, and my grandma throughout the entire house and actually helps take care of my grandma. That he just never stops. No, that that's amazing. So that's my one personal experience with railroads. <laughs> More than I've ever had. I have another one, but that'll go in later on, and it's not my story. Okay. But it's a friend of mine's story. Oh. We'll have to talk about that. All right. All right. Well, some of these railroader stories that I have are more of the um, more creepy things. More creepy things that would happen. Not like the normal everyday things. So mine was a happy ending story? Yours was a happy ending story. I'm not saying these aren't happy endings. They're just creepy. What's your definition of creepy? I guess we'll find out. Because <laughs> I've got like four of them. Four or five of them. I'm sorry. That's my new thing. I'm asking people their definition of stuff. Because <laughs> I'll be talking to somebody about something and they'll say something. And it's completely different than what I was thinking. Oh. Like the meaning of the word. Oh. Not necessarily like. Not the word like phone. Like we all know what a phone is. What's your definition of a phone? Are you talking about like a hardline phone, or are you talking about like a cell phone? Exactly. So, but still, <laughs> in the context, like if I'm talking like, "Hey, Heather, can I borrow your phone?" You know, I'm talking about your cell phone. Yes. It's right there. Yeah. If I'm talking to my grandma, it's like, "Hey, grandma, can I borrow your cell phone?" Versus, "Hey, grandma, can I use your house phone?" Oh yeah. yeah. My grandma still has a house phone. She actually has the dial. Oh nice. She's yeah. got a rotary. Huh? It's really cool. That's amazing. You never see those anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. She still <laughs> uses it too. That's so great. But yeah, they'll have like a conversation like creepy or normal or abnormal. Cool. What's your definition of that? what's your personal definition of that? We need to not ever try to define normal because there is no normal. You know what normal is? nothing it's a setting on a wash machine that's right <laughs> you said that to me before <laughs> and i use that setting a lot so do i stories. <laughs> and this is a conductor not for everyone who doesn't know much about trains every train has at least two people on them the conductor and the engineer. The engineer drives the train while the conductor calls the signals and stuff like that. He'll get out and walk the train, too, if there's an issue. So, this one is from a conductor. His this I'm reading it from his point of view, so. One time in the middle of the night, in the middle of winter, so it was like 10 degrees and maybe a foot of snow on the ground, my train went into emergency. I'm going to pause right here. That means... Uh, the something, uh, something may have um, caused. I don't remember. Tyler tells me what this stuff means. Something happens and the train has to stop. Some, something happened. A signal goes off and they have to check to make sure the train's okay. Yeah, so they have to walk the whole train to see what in the world caused it to go into emergency. Kind of like running over a squirrel. No, that wouldn't do it. That's not big enough. What about a deer? Mm, I guess it depends on how the deer hits them. Or the car. Oh, yeah, definitely a car. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll do it. <laughs> Maybe a cow. Poor cow. It's happened. At least they've had fresh beef. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, back to it. So my train went to emergency. I had to walk the length of the train to see what the problem was. The train was right in the middle of a very small town. As I'm walking by one of the houses on the outskirts of this town... I see a guy standing in the driveway about 50 feet from me. 
He's wearing a trench coat and a sock hat type thing. Creepy. The first thing that struck me as odd is that it was way too cold to be wearing just a trench coat. Those things aren't that warm if you've ever worn a trench coat. Not for 10 degrees. No. I'd wear it for 12. (laughs) Two degree difference. That's fine. (laughs) I shine my lantern on the guy and wave and say, hi. Nothing. Guy doesn't even move. I continue walking past the guy to the end of the train while looking back very often, which I would as well. I get to the end, turn around and head back. I get back to the house where this guy is standing and he's still there in the same place in the same position. I don't even say anything this time. I just speed walk past and to the head of the train. Next day, I'm taking a train back home during the day. I'm paying special attention to this house as we go by it. There's nothing there. The drive isn't shoveled. Nothing is there that it could have been mistaken for a guy in a trench coat. I've since been by this house dozens of times and I've never seen a car parked there or a light on or anything at all. Creepy. Creepy sonner. Oh, I don't like that. Because first of all, most, as all of you probably seen trains, you see trains going by in the day. Everyone has seen trains. But most of the train, like, movings and goings happen at night, which is even creepier, especially for the conductors who have to get off those engines and walk the whole train in the middle of God knows where. (laughs) But it's just, it's just scary. I don't like it. You're in the middle of nowhere and it's just, it's creepy and I don't like it. My husband has to do it all the time. I don't like it because my husband's a conductor. He has to get off the train. I didn't like that one. Okay. That one was the creepiest one for me. Okay. Okay. Next one. Next one is from a person whose dad was a railroader. So this is what it reads. My dad, who is a no-nonsense man, came home one night after a derailment and was white as a sheet. He told my mom he met a man walking away from the derailment, which is in the middle of the woods. He didn't think it was too weird because some people check out wrecks and derailments, you know. When something big happens, you go look. Yeah. Anyway, my dad gets into the derailment. The cause of the derailment was a truck had been hit and then pushed by the engine. Now, none of this was very weird until my dad sees the deceased man in the truck. Looked an awful lot like a beat up version of the man he saw on the way to the derailment. Creepy. He saw a ghost. Working in a tunnel with two other colleagues one time, we all heard a woman screaming down the tunnel. Like in the films when a woman sees a dead body or a man with a gun kind of loud, historical screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Two of us start sprinting towards the noise, and after five to ten minutes, we realize there's nothing there. No noise or sign of people. We are so sure we heard screaming, we go to the next station supervisor, who informs us there's absolutely no one working around that was close enough for us to hear. We were in the deep underground section, and we all heard the same noise. I have heard a colleague speak about walking along in the tunnels again away from all people close to him one night and hear someone whispering, 
and another colleague hears chains at an abandoned station. Says, I'm not a supernatural person, but I have no reason to doubt these guys' stories as they were told to me one-on-one when I asked a similar question. Very quiet when you're on your own underground, so it could be mind playing tricks, I guess, but still a creepy experience. Very creepy. God, this, but with him hearing, like, a woman screaming, he wasn't the only one who heard it. Therefore, I don't think their minds were playing tricks on them. So, yeah, normally, at least from what I've learned from people who hear voices, they can hear voices in two way, either inside their head or outside their head. Mm-hmm. As in, like, it, it feels like someone's sitting next to you talking to you. Yeah. Or that's actually, like, in your head. But no one else around you hears that that voice that you're hearing. So the fact that other people heard that Tells me it's not in your head. No, like, like it was there. That scream happened. There's no doubting that. The last one that I have. I was on a standby crew at night during a storm with two other guys. I was put on a piece of equipment called a cat car. Meow. <laughs> While the other two guys decided to hang out in the truck, with the cat car running to keep it warm, I decided to lock up and take a nap. I don't know what a cat car is. I forgot to ask Tyler, so I don't know if he knows what that is either. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm thinking of like a car that looks like a kitty cat. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) That's not right. I know that's not right, but that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) I locked both doors with padlocks on the inside so there was no way anyone could get in without me letting them in, which is smart, especially if you're sleeping in the middle of a train yard or something. Yeah. A few hours later, I awoke to some heavy wind and decided to check with the other guys to see if our supervisor had called with any trouble. I got to the door. The lock was missing. But I couldn't But I couldn't open the door. Same with the other door. I called the other guys to come help, and when they got there, they asked how I managed to lock the cat car from the outside. The padlocks that were on the inside, because he locked them on the inside... We're now on the outside. That's weird. The three of us couldn't figure out what happened. Bye, creepy. Guess he wouldn't work on sleep on the job anymore. No kidding. No kidding. Well, like, he's the only person in that car. Obviously, no one could, like... Obviously, he wasn't couldn't the only get... person. The oh, car. that's even creepier. Don't say that. I don't I'm like saying. Getting chills. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, God. I don't know how big cat cars are, so I don't know if it's a small thing or a big thing. Oh, that's creepy. <sighs> Here goes Taryn Googling stuff. The calls stuff. are coming from inside the house. <laughs> that's so creepy. Now, is it cat like K-A-T or C-A-T? C-A-T. Cat? Car, car. railroad. I don't know. Car training a cat. Put your cat in her crate. Yeah. Oh, probably not what it is. <laughs> no, let's, let's try it with a K. I think it's just like... It's a section of the train. Oh, okay. Like, it's just like one of the boxes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So it's just a regular car. Yeah. Okay. And it's just probably called a cat train for, or cat car for whatever reason. It's K-A-T, not C-A-T. Oh, okay. Because if you well. Google C-A-T car, it, it shows up <laughs> cats in a crate yes. in okay. a car. This one actually shows you actually train <laughs> trains. Weird. All right. Well, for all of our wonderful train stories, I do I do want to put things out there. Obviously, we talked about a lot of the the creepy things that happen, but 
there's a lot of things that real rotors have to go through. And this is where the PTSD steps in. Or post-traumatic stress disorder. 100%. I mean, first thing, did... I don't think anyone ever realizes that most of the trains that run aren't carrying just regular odds and ends and goods and stuff. They're hauling very dangerous materials. Things that, if it gets punctured or derails, could blow up an entire city. Which is creepy, considering how many trains actually come through Fort Wayne. No, I and a lot of stuff, like the crude oil. Yeah. Uh, there was some, There was something that happened in South Carolina in 2005 where um, there was a big vat of chlorine that was being hauled, and it got punctured. And it burst, and 5,000 people had to be evacuated, and... Nine people died from exposure to it. That's crazy. I, I, and people just don't realize that. If any, if they do anything, they could level a whole city. Yeah, well, one of my big things with trains is, and we mentioned this at the beginning, with the whole, you know, suicide. One way people tend to commit suicide or take their own lives or however you'd like to use the terminology is by a train, either sitting in front of the train or just on the tracks or maybe parking their vehicle on the track, something something happens. Or sometimes it's an accident, sometimes it isn't. And the one story I want to talk to you about is I have a friend who is a police officer. And he got called because this couple was walking on the side of a railroad track. And the female had gotten hit by the train. And because of how fast the trains are moving and how hot the steel gets... Mm-hmm. She got cut in half, Ugh. perfectly in half, Ugh. and his the thing that fascinated him, and it creeped him out, and he talked about it a lot just because he had to, like, come down from, like, uh, seeing this, yeah. is that because of how hot it was and how fast it happened, while it was cutting her in half, it was actually cauterizing everything, yeah. so nothing actually came out. It was two perfectly non-bloody pieces of a body. And so I feel bad for the officer that had to, to see that. Mm-hmm. I feel worse for the guy that was driving the train. The, what's it called again? It's either the, con- the engineer. The engineer. And the conductor. I feel bad for both of them because they were on the train when this person got hit. And they probably saw it happen. Oh, 100%. 100% so, they saw that happen. Yeah. So okay. it's like, it's not... <clears throat> One, suicide is never the answer. And two, mm-hmm. definitely not by train because now you're taking, now you're affecting more than just you and your family. Mm-hmm. You're affecting that police officer, that police officer's family, the conductor and the, the engineer. engineer and their families and everything else. Like that's just not yeah. the way to do I it. I mean, you don't, you don't mess around. You just, you don't mess around trains. People like to walk on tracks all the time and it's not safe. First of all, you're trespassing. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely shouldn't be doing that. And you're, it's federal property. Basically, you're you're trespassing on government property. Yeah. And that's no bueno for anybody. <laughs> I know as a kid, I did play around on some tra- railroad tracks, but they were abandoned, and it was just a fragment. As long as you know they're out of service. Well, it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 30 feet long? Yeah. And there was nothing else on either side. Like, there was, it was just that little patch. <laughs> the thing that always gets me, and it gets Tyler, too. Because a lot of people like to get their pictures taken on railroad tracks. Yeah, don't. And you can always tell whether these tracks are in service or not. And most of the time, 
there are tracks that are still in service. That is not safe, especially if you're taking your kids out there. Yeah, that's not. Like, it's not safe. Just don't, don't do that. Yes, it's a very pretty background, but try to find some that are out of service. Or, I don't know, is there a way that they could contact the railroad? Like, hey, when is this? I'd like to do this. Is there a time that it would be best to do this at? No, because no matter what, you'd be trespassing. Makes sense. Yes. I just figured maybe there was an alternate <laughs> to, like, no. a safer way of doing it. Not really. No, you just kind of got to find some that are out of service. I know. Have someone take a really good picture of it, right? Oh, and then superimpose you? And then put it, well, either that, oh. or you make a really big copy of it, like a backdrop. Oh, And then you do it in a go. studio. Perfect. Studio pictures. There you go. Even better. I know. Much safer. And then if your kid wants to, like, act out while you're having them on the railroad track, <laughs> doesn't matter. Because, you, you know, go. you're all safe. Exactly. And, and, and I understand. And it's happened more often than anything, which I find super weird that people's cars stall out on railroad tracks. Like, out of anywhere your car could stall out, why would it stall out on a railroad track? I don't know. And it happens all the time. I know personally. When I know I'm coming up to a road track, I'll slow down, make sure there's no train coming, mm-hmm. and then I purposely speed to get across it. Like, not doing this. <laughs> yep. Like, going quick. Go. Get over it. And then I'll go back down to, like, whatever the speed limit is, yeah. but I'm like, I am not. <laughs> no. No. Okay, and if your car ever does stall out on a railroad track, just get, get out. out. Get out of the car. I don't care if you don't see a train coming. Get out. You better make sure you put your car in neutral and you get behind it and you try to push that thing out of the way then. You don't need to be sitting in your car trying to turn it on if it stalls out. Heather, do you know how fast an average train goes? Um, if you are out in the middle of nowhere and there's no speed restrictions, 60 miles an hour. And that's on freight trains. If it is a, a commute train, like for people, um, I think average speed can get up to 80. So why is the people train faster than the stuff train? I don't know. I really have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I really, really... Unless the people think, are lighter. Yeah, I think it probably has to do with weight. Okay. Probably. I don't think a, a regular freight train could... I'm not saying it couldn't get up to 80. It probably could, but it's just not safe because of how big those trains are. Well, it's not just the, the speed, but you let the weight of the train behind it yeah. for whenever it impacts something. Yeah. Um, the average... The average length of a train, this is just average. They have been bigger. They have been smaller. Average length is 8,000 feet. I don't know how true this is, but this is kind of interesting. I Googled deaths by train per year. So I Googled deaths by train per year because I'm just kind of curious, like, how many people have, you know, attempted suicide by train? It's hard to say what are suicides and what aren't. True. How many people died by train? Mm -hmm. And this says as of March 2000. 15. Every week in the United States in 2014, about 16 people were killed by trains, a 17% increase over the previous year and adding up to the highest number of rail catastrophes since 2007. Mm-hmm. Federal government shows data. Mind you, that's just the first thing that popped up when I put that in. Mm-hmm. So I don't, there's no, like, I didn't do any research behind that. Sure, yeah. So who knows, because it's on the internet, and just because it's on the internet does not mean it's true. Yeah, it sounds about right, though. It's unfortunate. And people, even the guys out on the railroad, I remember Tyler working, and the the guys out on the railroad will talk about it, about you're going to kill someone while you're out there. It's inevitable. I I think there's maybe a handful of guys out there who have never killed somebody, but the majority of those guys who work on the railroad have been involved in someone else's death. 
I, and I can believe that. And I was just looking up a little bit more statistics. This is all highway rail, rail incidents at public and private crossings, 1981 to 2018. Mm-hmm. So in 1981, there were 9,461 collisions, 728 fatalities, and 3,293 injuries. At least they were only injured. They got lucky. That was in 1981. In 2018, Eight by fatalities in 1990. Wow. So 28 years ago. That's crazy. That is super sad. That is. But yeah, there, there's there's no way to determine whether those were just accidents, car, like people no. being stupid on the tracks, being drunk or something. Wanting or, to walk the railroad. Yeah, just walking on the railroad. And I hate this. Tyler was on a train when they hit somebody mm-hmm. and the guy died and that messed him up for a good year or two and you know he does have pts from that PT, ptsd from that and it's yeah. it can happen again where you know some similar settings and he can have a flashback to that and i remember talking mm-hmm. to him and you know seeing him when he first came home and mm-hmm. him and i sat down and had some conversations about ptsd and different ways to work with that yeah it's, I, I just want to put it out there. People need to be more careful around railroads because it's not just you and your family. As you said, you're messing with first responders. at least two other people's families. Well, you've got the first responders. Yeah. So you've got your police officers, your EMS, your fire, you know, the coroner is going to have to see it. I mean, he, yeah, sure. He chose a dog job where he deals with the dead, but Still. some are worse than others. Yeah. And then you have you know, the guys that work on the railroad and the, and so many other people. Like, how many bystanders saw that? How many different people are you affecting by wanting to take a walk on a railroad or doing something around a railroad? It's not sure they're cool. They're fascinating. Go to the museums and take a look at them there. There's tons of museums. Definitely. But, you know, they're not, you can it's watch not a play in a area. Safe distance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sit in your car, you know, one of the passing areas. Oh, there's tons of people who just sit in their cars and watch trains go by. Yeah. I love that kind of crap. It's weird, but whatever. <laughs> but I'm not saying you're weird if you like trains. Just the guys on the trains notice it a lot, and they think it's weird. <laughs> well, think about it. you're doing your profession, right? Yeah. Pick whatever profession you want. Let's pick on nurses, okay? Sure. Why not? Yeah. You have someone fascinated with a nurse. It, police officers are going to get called, or security's yeah. going to get called because you're standing there going. I'm just fascinated with what nurses do. Okay, that's creepy. It is creepy. But it's in a different context. Like, it's like they're not fascinated with the people doing the work. They're fascinated in the big machine. Yeah. No, and I get that. And it doesn't help that there's a whole bunch of these cartoons out there. They get kids like Thomas the Train. They get kids into obsessing with trains. Sure. And then like, oh, there's a big train. I want to go touch it. Like, yeah. no, don't, don't, don't touch it. Don't touch the big trains. I know. I know. But... So basically, just be careful around trains. They're very dangerous. Uh, they're if you are being stupid on the railroad track, you might get hit. You might get hurt. You might end up dying. I mean, 
it's not a good idea. Don't do it. If you are having suicidal thoughts, I know what you're thinking. Oh, that would be a great way to go out, but you're affecting other people. There are people on that train. Well, that, and it's like, if you're having suicidal thoughts, there's other options. Absolutely. And, and there's going to get to that. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm you're, sorry. No, you're fine. Like, I didn't want you to think that, okay, I'm just only thinking about the people on the trains. No, I'm thinking about you too. There are other things to do. You can, I mean, there are plenty of people to talk to. If you need to talk to someone, you have friends, you have family. We have the suicide prevention lifeline number here. Taryn, you have that in your I do. And there's a couple of things, other options that I want Go to for talk it. about. Uh, when it comes to suicide, if you are having those thoughts and no one around you is listening to you calling for help, just go to the ER. Yeah. If you go to the emergency room, no one's going to think any different of you and they're going to get you the help that you need. I've seen it. I've seen it work. Um, but yeah, the suicide, the national suicide hotline is 800-273-8255. And again, that's 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five, and then for those in the Allen County local area, there's a new. It's not new. It's about twelve years old now. It's called Remedy Live, and it's a text option, where if you're having those thoughts or you need help or you just need someone to talk to, and you don't want to let everybody know what's going on, you can text them and they'll talk to you and they'll give you advice on who to go talk to and where to go. They don't do counseling. They just listen to what you have to say and say, hey, maybe you should go here or you should go here. And sometimes that's all people need is someone to listen to them. Yeah. I, I actually got to talk to that guy who started that program today, and it was really fascinating to listen to him talk. That's so. awesome. It's really good. Well, you did not do a fact. I know. I realized that at the end. As, so. as I was doing my stuff, I realized I didn't have a fact. You want me to do the fact, now? What fact? I, I gave you an interesting fact earlier. That was funny. <laughs> no, not that fact. The fact I told you when we first got when I first got home. I don't remember it. It had to do with it was sad. It was a sad fact. Oh, I don't want to do a sad fact. Okay, we've had enough sadness. Okay, <laughs> let's get let's get back into the fun, and we'll make people laugh. We'll do my awesome weird fact, and then you can tell a funny dad joke I'm to get everyone's for spirits lifted. <laughs> So, guys, I did buy a dad book joke. Yay! A dad joke book. Yeah. I bought it. I have it. I even looked through it, and I read a couple to my kid. He thought it was hilarious. But me being me, I left it at my house. Aww. So I'm going to Google it That's again. Fine. All right. Here is my weird fact of the day. Everyone, you're going to love it. Some fruit flies are genetically resistant to getting drunk, but only if they have an inactive version of a gene that scientists have named happy hour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there is your fact. Some fruit flies don't have the happy hour gene. I feel bad for those fruit flies. <laughs> some of them have it. Some of them do, but some of them don't. You have a fruit fly. Try to try to give it some alcohol and see if it'll fire it around all funny. <laughs> Did you find a good dad joke yet? My wife is really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction. So I packed up my stuff and write. 
Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, all right. We're at the end, guys. Let's do the spiel. If you want to get a hold of me or Taryn, email is heather at fortwardpodcast.com. If you want to guess what Taryn's profession is, go ahead and email me there. Good luck. <laughs> um, you can get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Fort Weird Pod. I'm on Instagram. I post a lot of fun pictures. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard us go talk to Mr. Biscuit. I posted a couple pictures of Mr. Biscuit on our Instagram. I love Mr. Biscuit. So you know what he looks like. He's adorable. Cute little guy who finds toys. He got the nest. Oh, he found. He did find the nest. I'll give him that. I'm sure if he was more awake, it was later in the afternoon, he could do more. <laughs> That's fine. I just got to clean out the garage. Maybe when we get it cleaned out, he'll... Or as we're cleaning, let him in here. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, I can do that. Because then we'll move something and something will move in here. And that's perfect. So, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. We do also have a website. It's fortwardpodcast.com. I got pictures on there. They're fun. Both me and Taryn. Having a good time. It's good stuff. All right, that's the end of our podcast, and you guys have a lovely week, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. The existence of this.